Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for my podcast today. I just want to start by sharing with you a yay God moment. We just concluded our pastor's conference, the North Texas Leadership Conference, and it was amazing. Uh, The room was packed. It was electrified. When you get leaders that are all in there and they're wanting to learn together, people came from all over to sit in the room and to learn. It was amazing. Uh, I love my opening lesson, What Would Jesus Say to the Seven Churches in Revelation Today? And I really didn't want to talk about it so much prophetically as I wanted to talk about it from a leadership perspective. What would be the leadership thoughts Jesus would say to those leaders in Revelation? I thought it was a lesson that really had impact. That being said, our conference sells out, and it sells out quick. And a lot of pastors are used to these conferences where you can just walk up the day of. That's not our conference. If you want to get the full benefit, you sign up a year ahead of time. So if you're not signed up and you weren't at the conference and you want to sign up, go to my website, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and you can uh, sign up there. Um, I also want to remind you on November 2nd, what's going to happen is I will be in New Braunfels, Texas, and I will be uh, doing personal growth conference. This personal growth conference is is not one of those most people will say, yay God about. And the reason they want is it deals with personal growth. We all want to know how to grow our organization. We all want to know how to grow our team. We all want to know how to grow. But most people are really, really willing to not grow themselves. But this is the deep dive. What I've learned is when I grow, everything around me grows. But I've also learned if I'm not growing, nothing around me grows. And if you have nothing around you growing, I would get into this conference. It would be helpful. You can go to my webpage and you can find out. Today, I want to talk to you about tips for leaders, just tips for leaders, the kind of thing you could put in your back pocket and occasionally pull out and just say, okay, where, (coughs) excuse me, where am I at on this? How do I manage this? What do I do with this? And so I just want to give you some tips. The first one is this, play to your strengths, but remember to sacrifice. Play to your strengths, but remember to sacrifice. Now, I want you to hold that title in your mind, that simple tip, you know, play to your strengths, but remember to sacrifice. See, we live in a world where a lot of what's taught on leadership is taught by people who don't lead. They are writers. They have a company that platforms them to either speak or to write. That's all they've done. They've never built. They've never had to create a room by themselves. They've never had to walk into a place, create a room, draw people. They walk into places where they get paid to walk into and somebody else basically has built the room for them. But for most of us, that's not our world. If there's going to be a room, we create the room. If there's going to be people in the room, we're going to draw them to the room. And so when I say play to your strengths, but remember to sacrifice, what I'm saying is, is there's a misconception that somehow you only get to do what you like doing. I don't know where people got this idea. Um, I just get to do what I love. 
Well, biblically, you get to do what Jesus loves. And doing what Jesus loves may be different than what you love. Because there's things I would love to do that Jesus may have me do other things than that. So I want you to understand that at times you get to be good at things that you may not want to do. Now, those that know me will say that if you put me in a crisis moment, someone's just lost their family, a car wreck has just happened, the worst of worst news has just occurred in a church, you put me in that room, I am a natural at it. It is a natural go-to moment. But what I would also tell you is I don't like being there. I don't like being the person who has to walk into the middle of the crisis and take over and try to redirect. That's not what I like to do, but it's what I'm good at doing. So this idea that you just get to do what you're good at doing, I want you to put it to the side. Please understand, it's his will, not our will be done. Now, is God going to have you do things that you're bad at doing? Probably not. But on the other hand, the idea that you get to do just what you like doing, that's a different equation. So there are areas that God wants each of us to grow in and to get better at. See, having strengths is not a replacement for sacrifice. Having strengths is not a replacement for sacrifice. There are things that are natural strengths to me. I do not have to think about how to do them. But at the same time, I have to sacrifice. And so sometimes you see example. You see the example in Acts chapter 15. And in Acts chapter 15, there's this great discussion of what do the Gentiles have to do. And circumcision wasn't going to be a part of what they had to do to express their faith. But even after that long discussion, you see in Acts chapter 16, a young man being circumcised who didn't have to be circumcised. And I know that sounds a little bit interesting, but what he did was he made a sacrifice for the kingdom. It was a moment that required sacrifice. So all that being said, your strengths are great, but your strengths are never a replacement for sacrifice. Every now and then, you're going to have to step up and do some things. Ultimately, you do what's best for the kingdom. At times, organizationally, you're going to climb down to climb up. You may take a, a position that is less, but God says right now, it's where I need you to do more. See, God's not concerned with the organizational chart, and he's not concerned with our resume. He is concerned about the kingdom of God and what's best for it. So play to your strengths, but remember to sacrifice. Another thought is this, another tip, command intent. Now, command intent is a term that's taken from the military. See, during the Vietnam War, there would be battles where uh, the captain would get shot, and then the lieutenant would get shot, and then the second lieutenant would get shot, and then the sergeant would get shot, and there's all these enlisted men around, and, and they're really not leadership-driven. Uh, and so they came up with a thing called command intent. If you've ever seen a battle plan, it is just in-depth on everything. 
But command intent was this. At the very top of the battle plan, for every unit it says, if you don't know what to do, do this. So it's so simple. If you guys don't know what to do, everyone in the command has been knocked out, then there's the hill. We want you to shoot at that hill. Keep shooting at that hill till someone of rank comes by and tells you to stop shooting at that hill. It was designed to simplify what the battle plan was. See, leaders create clarity. They possess the unique ability to focus people, their time and their talent on a defined target. That's what command intent is. You're you're creating clarity. You're saying, hey, we are going to focus on something very, very specific. We are going to take the people we have, the time we have, the talent we have, and we are going to focus on it. And what command intent is, is you relentlessly pursue simplicity. You want to take complexity out of everything. You want to cut, cut through all the redundant and the unnecessary, and you want to create an environment where people just understand this is what we are going to do. So command intent, you're simplifying. Never let the fog of life distract you. Maximize your time on target. What is the goal? What is the target? Maximize your time. Uh, The third tip I'd give you is walk the tight rope. We've all seen it at the circus. The person who has amazing balance is going to walk a distance just on this rope. And it's going to look so, so difficult. He usually has some kind of pole that he's holding to help him create a wider sense of balance but he's got to walk it. And so his upper body strength, his lower body strength, his feet, the whole thing, they have to be coordinated. Well, what does it mean for him to be able to do that? He has to have amazing equilibrium. He has to have amazing balance. And that's what leaders have. They have equilibrium. They have balance, but not only for themselves, they have it for other people. See, organizationally, they keep events from spinning out of control. They keep events from spinning out of control and maintaining focus. And see, leadership is the art of managing competing tensions. There's always competing tension. Uh, Creativity versus content. Creativity, let's do something new, but core content This is who we are. Free agency. I can go anywhere I want. But teamwork, being someone who values the importance of a team. The young, hey, you know what? We've got energy. The old, we've got wisdom. And so when you begin to have the competing tension of of young, all the energy exploding, but then you have the old, all the wisdom that they think young people need. Feeding the aquarium. You know the little aquarium where the fish are in, but being fishers of men. See, the aquarium's one thing. That happens on Sunday, but we're still to be fishers of men. That happens Monday through Saturday. Doing more versus doing less better. So bigger, you do more. But better, you do less. 
So the tension of let's just be bigger and you've got all this stuff and you want to do more, but at times God just says, I want you to be better at doing less. That's basically what he asked Gideon to do when he whittled down his army from 32,000 to 300. He said, sometimes it's better to lead in less than it is to lead in more. Another thought, there's turbulence ahead. There's turbulence ahead. The turbulence in our society is just amazing. I've had the privilege of doing what I do for 46 years, and the level of turbulence is just greater than it's ever been. And what the turbulence is, is there's things that contribute to it. One of the things that contributes is the mobility factor. 30 years ago, people weren't moving across the country the way they do now. Let's just be honest. People weren't moving across the world the way they are now. 75% of people will move every five years. 75%. That's a lot of mobility. So if you have 100 people in your church, 75 of them are going to move. Now, they may move in the same town, but a move creates disruption. And here's the thing. Whenever there is a move, there's a six-month window. If someone moves and doesn't get engaged in the organization, the church, then they won't be back in five years. See, it's easy for them to show up and to no longer keep showing up. And so mobility factor out there, the fact that people are moving all the time, Another thing, volatility factor. Life brings us ups and downs. Everybody just feels like life is a constant moment of chaos. Uh, There's health issues to those that are close to you. There's family restructure issues. We all know that there's times when parents are focusing on kids, but now we see as many kids that are focusing on parents because life has changed. Career change gets people. People lose their job, transition a job, get a second job. The change factor, society, it's more pressurized, more is required. See, all these things create turbulence, and leaders have to lead during turbulent times. So there's the time factor, compression. There's no margin. People just feel like, man, I don't have a minute to squeeze in anything else. One of the things that I would say to you as a leader is don't feed the volatility and the turbulent addiction. Just don't feed it. Remind people about the peace of God. Remind people about how God is there to stabilize them in the ups and the downs, in the here and the there, that God is everywhere, and that the anchor of their life, their soul, is Christ. So I just wanted to give you some simple thoughts. Play to your strengths, but don't forget to sacrifice. You don't just get to do what you want. Sometimes you get to do what God needs you to do. Command intent. Strategically simplify. Make it so clear that 
the uninitiated would know exactly what needs to be done. Walk that tightrope. Learn to create equilibrium in your life and in other people's lives. And then understand that there's turbulence ahead. There, there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. There's going to be mobility uh, issues out there. There's going to be volatility issues out there. There's going to be career issues out there. There's going to be family issues out there. But remind people of God's peace and that God has a place that no matter where they're at and no matter how tight life gets and tries to squeeze them, the peace that passes all understanding is theirs. Thank you so much for joining me. I I just want to say to you, uh, New Bronzeville's is going to be an amazing roundtable. Personal growth is where you create lasting growth. Come and join us for that. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.